0: Hello, and thank you for joining me today. We're going to dive into a certain area of converting from print to audio. And that topic today is dingbats, icons, symbols, spaces, things that you use in a print edition to make some kind of differentiation, create some kind of message and other kinds of things like that. We're going to get a little deeper into that. In a print edition or an ebook edition, oftentimes we'll use something like a dingbat, a little symbol or a little image, mini image, that will be uh, placed between segments within a chapter to separate them in some way. And so the first question when we're thinking about converting into audio is what do we want to do with those? Are they important in some way? The first step is really figuring out what the purpose of those dingbats are. I'm going to just use that for now as this part of our conversation. So certainly as you prepared for your print edition, as you were writing that text, you had a reason for inserting something in those locations where you use a dingbat. When converting to audio, the most common approach would be to simply omit them, just ignore them. And maybe that will be the best approach for you. But as with all pre-production questions, when we approach the question, we want to first really make a conscious decision about it and understand why we're doing that and determine Is that going to be the best option for your listening experience? So the first step is to ask yourself, what is the message of that dingbat? What is the intent behind placing it there? Often it is about passage of time or simply uh, maybe a change of scene. Those are probably the most common reasons, time or space, and a jump that might feel a little off if you just continued the narrative. Once you are clear on what is the purpose for those dingbats, then the next question is about the frequency of them in the course of the text. So how often do they happen? Is it maybe once a chapter? Is it every few paragraphs? You know, what kind of frequency are we looking at? Those two pieces of information are going to be your your key to making the decision about what's going to be best. If they are really frequent, it is most likely that your best approach will be to omit them, but to leave a good, solid, differentiating space of silence between the segments that the dingbat separates. If they are not that frequent, then you want to ask yourself, is there any reason why the listener might get confused if they don't have any kind of indicator, aside from silence, of the shift that you're asking them to make? And if you decide to omit them, it's not like this huge error if you don't do something different in that space. But... I want you to think about, again, we're always aiming for the best listening experience. And you want to try to put yourself in their shoes and ask yourself, will there be any confusion if you don't help them in that moment where the dingbat is helping them in print? Obviously, when you do that in a print edition, you're giving them a clue. You're telling them something. You have a message for them. The message may be, oh, we're about to jump in time, or we're going to a whole other location. We want to honor that message in audio when appropriate. Let's consider the possibility that you have these shifts and you're going back and forth in time between two different, two basically different timeframes. So let's say, for example, present day, which is usually one of those timeframes, And some, maybe it's childhood or the character's past, something like that, where they're usually flashbacks, or maybe it's moving forward in time. Let's just talk about a time difference. And if you have two separate kinds of time frames, they may be very, very broad, but the idea being one of them is always like coming back to the present day then you might consider what very small sound indicator might help us know that we're in the present time. It may be a sound that is not specific to character or place. It could be, you know, like a whoosh or a bell or any number of other things, a musical tone. But If it's somehow related to the character, that makes it a little more integrated, a little more interesting. So, for example, let's say if the main character is a musician and plays the flute, then maybe some kind of very brief musical flute phrase might be the thing that brings us back to the present each time. Or if the character is a magician, maybe it has more of a magical kind of sound to it that we might hear in a magic show, or any other kind of related information. It might be, if we are in the present, then we know we're always outside in the park because the whole thing takes place in the present on this one day, and the past is all kind of all over the place— Maybe then an outdoor ambiance, the sound of birds or something, is the sound that brings us back to the present day. You can do the same thing going back in time. You may have an indicator that is suggestive of a particular time, or if you're going back, let's say, in time, in a particular character's life. So maybe you have, let's say, three main characters, and you're tracking the childhood experience of these three people. They may each have their own separate sound, we'll call it an aural dingbat, that would indicate which place we're going to. If in your print book you have used any kind of indicator that differentiates between your different time frames or different places... If, for example, you use different dingbats depending on what the next section is, then you may want to seriously consider doing something along these lines. So again, just to reiterate, what we want to think about is, first of all, how are you using the dingbats or symbols in your print text, and how might you effectively use them as oral dingbats in your audiobook with the goal being that we're helping the listener follow your story and to stay clear on where or when we are in time let's take a short break and come right back and we'll talk about some ways to consider other elements that are visual in your audiobook here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working with authors who have a big goal in mind. They really wanna reach out to their audience around the world. We're here to help make that happen. It starts with our pre-production process where we're evaluating and determining what elements of the audiobook we can leverage to both create an excellent listener experience for your listeners, as well as drawing them to your website to engage with you further. It continues on through the production process, making decisions that will enhance and support your big goals, as well as creating a great listener experience. But we don't stop there. Once the audiobook is live, we move on to helping you market your audiobook with the Audiobook Marketing Program. Come check us out at proaudiovoices.com. To schedule a call to talk about your audiobook project, click on Get Started. Okay, now let's take a look at some other ways that we use visual clues, like icons, in a book to provide some information visually that we may want to consider how we want to do it in audio. An example that I can um, point to in a project we're actually working on right now, a book by Dana Amarisa, that is the Condolences Pocket Guide. And in the book, there are several icons that are used as thumbs up or thumbs down. And these are indicators to help readers understand, oh yeah, this one would be a good one to use, and yeah, please don't use this one. That will just hurt people's feelings and make them feel worse, right? And there are many of these icons in the book, in the print edition, that are indicating thumbs up or thumbs down. So as we took a look at how to approach that, we decided to go with a palette of sounds that are almost game show-like, but not like corny. The idea was one of the things that I heard Dana say as we were discussing her book in the first place was that she wanted it to be somewhat lighthearted, while this content, which is all about how to help or what to say and what not to say to people who are grieving, can be a heavy topic, but she didn't want it to feel like a heavy book. So that was part of what sparked this idea of using sounds in some fun ways that will help, you know, lighten it a little bit. And and so uh, because there are several of them in the book, several of these icons, it made sense to not just use the same one all the time for each one because we didn't want it to start sounding annoyingly repetitive, which it could. So, having a palette gives it more opportunity to have different kinds of sounds that will, you know, stay fresh and still give that feel. So, as we are thinking about, okay, when it's a thumbs up, you know, typically if we have a sound that is going up at the end, we get the message like, ta da, uh, or more, you know, we get the feel. Oh, yeah, that's not a good thing to say. If we hear something that gives us that down tone, and then the other thing that we factor into it is, uh, when are the moments? exactly where are those placements and how do we spread them out enough so that it sounds like it's a really good balance and where are the moments where it's appropriate to maybe group a few sentences and then use the use the palette of sounds so that's a, a different kind of message that is trying to be sent that you're the, the message is yes or no And in this case, using the thumbs up and thumbs down and converting that into audio using up-sounding tones or sound effects or down-sounding sound effects. So using these kinds of approaches, both the approach that I talked through about dingbats and then also for icons, if you have something in your book, whether it's symbols or whatever it is, that is a repetitive element and that you're using to convey some message, then these are ideas that may be appropriate. The main thing is that I want you to think it through. Make a conscious choice about what you're going to do with those things in your audio. Sometimes just using space, just silence, is enough. And that is totally fine. You don't need to overcomplicate it. But... If you only use silence in places where it may be more helpful to your listener to use some other sound, then consider using other sounds. I hope that's helpful. Please, if you have questions, you know where to find us. Reach out to us at ProAudioVoices.com We're here to inspire the world through the stories we bring to life. Thanks for being with me today. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week.